Now, let's get into the word of God this morning. Last week, for the benefit of those who may not have been with us, we were talking about raising the bar. And which meaning we needed to uh, look at how the spirit of God that dwells within all of our hearts once we embrace Christ as our savior, how he is looking to constantly raise the bar in our life where uh, we, he wants to set new spiritual goals for us to achieve. And of course, we achieve it not in our own strength, but by the grace that he gives us and how he operates through us. And the reason why that was so critical for us is because by nature, we tend to be complacent. We tend to get to a certain level where we are satisfied, where we feel comfortable, and then we like to park it there and keep it there. Uh, and complacency, as we saw from God's word last week, is something that displeases the Lord greatly uh, uh, when it comes to his children. So we need to keep in step with the spirit of the Lord in order to achieve the goals that he sets for us. And then we can live a life that pleases the Lord. And not only that, we saw that you can't grow spiritually when you become complacent. You have to be, by the grace of God and through the Holy Spirit, constantly raising the bar, challenging yourself and asking the Lord, what is it that you would have me to do? What is it that will take me out of my comfort zone? That, that I know that I can accomplish with the grace of the Spirit of God helping me. And now today, I'm going to continue in this series that we've been in. I've been enjoying it so much. It's blessed my life so much. It has challenged me so much. We're talking about the series that we've called Kingdom Principles. And a principle can be a law or a governing idea that you structure something around. And we've called this series the kingdom principles because there are spiritual laws that govern the kingdom of God and therefore as part, being part of the kingdom of God ought to govern our lives. Our lives need to be structured around these kingdom principles if we are in fact going to be living a life that honors and pleases God. And we've been using the gospel of Matthew because Matthew's gospel focuses on the kingship of Christ. And so we're looking at the king and, and what he does and what he says that helps us understand these kingdom principles. And the one we want to cover today uh, is important because we can be raising the bar. We can be challenging ourselves to get out of our comfort zone and, and serve God in ways we have never served God before, accomplish things we've never accomplished them before. But if we are not careful, there is something that I want to talk about today that will rob you and I of spiritual growth and it will rob us of any possible blessing we could ever receive from God, even though we might be raising the bar. So I've titled this message this morning, Serving in Secret. Come on, say that with me. Serving in Secret. Gospel of Matthew. We're looking at chapter 6 this morning. Matthew chapter 6. I want to begin reading the first six, six verses, and then we'll jump to verse 16. Be careful 
not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Surely I'll tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in what? Secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Verse 16. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their, their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that you will not be, it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Talking this morning about serving in secret. And as we have just read in, in these verses, the Lord is talking to his disciples, his followers. You can give that to me, Lewis. Thank you. Need a little juice this morning. And every once in a while, I have a, a low blood pressure. And when my, brush, my blood pressure drops, uh, I tend to get a little lightheaded. And I know you don't want to see me fainting this morning, right? Trust me, it will not be being slain in the spirit. Okay. So the Lord is warning his followers. Therefore, he's warning you and I. Not to practice their righteousness, in other words, their good deeds, in front of others. Not to do those things so that they could be seen. So that others could recognize what they're doing. So that other people could acknowledge what they're doing. And Jesus said, if you do, then that's all the reward you're going to get. You will not get a reward from God. In other words, Jesus said, when you help the needy, don't let anybody know what you're doing. Don't blow the trumpet and give it. When you're helping the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Keep it in secret. When you're praying, don't be like those hypocrites who love to stand out in the market or in the church or synagogue and they stand out and they start praying out loud so everybody can hear and say, oh, he can pray. Because if you do, your father will not give you any reward. 
And, and when you fast, don't go around looking like, oh my God, fasting, you know, telling everybody what you're doing to appear spiritual. Because if you do, you receive no reward from God. In other words, what Jesus was saying is, in whatever capacity you serve God, it should be in secret. Then, and only then, will you receive a reward from God because he sees what's done in secret. Now, the questions for us today to tackle is, what did the Lord mean when he told his disciples to practice their righteousness in secret? And how does that really connect to you and I today? See, serving in secret, I've titled this message Serving in Secret because it has to deal with motive. But don't talk about motive today. It's important that we all understand this. Now listen closely to this. This is critical to get this. What we do is not as important as why we do it. I'll reverse it and say, why we do what we do is more important to God than actually what we do. We're talking about motive today. You see, we can help the needy. We can give of our time. We can give of our energy. We can even get, use our financial resources to help people that are in need. And these are all great things to do. Would you say amen to that? That's great to do. But if our motive is to receive personal recognition from others, if our motive is to receive the praise of man, we won't receive any reward from God. In other words, if I do something so that Pastor Joey can see, and Pastor Joey, man, that was great what you did. If I do that for that motive, that's my motive. When he says that, Jesus is saying, that's all the rewards you're going to get. As far as God's concerned, you did nothing. You get no reward. Why? Because my motive was, I want people to recognize what I'm doing. I want people to appreciate what I'm doing. I want them to acknowledge that what I'm doing is a good thing. This is something that has often plagued God's people. There are people, and through the years, over my 30 years as a pastor, this has happened often. There are people that won't give their offering in the basket. They have to give it to the pastor directly. One day I challenged somebody with that, and I shared this scripture. I said, what you just gave me, because you feel you have to give it to me, I want you to know, as far as God's concerned, you gave zip, nothing. You get credit for nothing. Because you're giving it to me as if it's critical that I see what, that you're giving. When my Bible tells me, your giving ought to be done in secret. See. Jesus went on to talk about the fact, hey, when you pray, don't be prayed to be heard. When you fast, don't let anybody know that you're fasting. In fact, you need to, Jesus said, you need to put oil on your head. Well, those days they put oil. Say, get some gel in your hair. 
You know, comb it out. Make it look good. Wash your face. Don't, in other words, Jesus is talking about, don't make all of these facial contortions that you're fasting. And don't walk around like, you know, oh my God, the world is coming to an end. And somebody says, what's wrong with you? I'm fasting. See, this makes it look more spiritual. I'm fasting. And people, wow, he's really fasting. Yeah, but I just started 20 minutes ago, but I'm fasting. Jesus, if you do that, you got no reward. Seeking recognition from man forfeits reward from God. Let me say that one more time for you. Seeking recognition from man forfeits reward from God. Motive, why we do what we do, plays a key role in whether God rewards us or not. See, we can be raising the bar every week, doing more for God, more for God. But if our motive is impure, then we receive no reward for God. Now, the reason why this is so important is because by nature, every single one of us, beginning with me, we all crave recognition. Everybody wants to be recognized. We all want people to see that we're doing good. I don't know about you, but in, at home, I want my wife to know that I did good. I want her to know that I vacuumed before she told me to vacuum. I want her to see that. I want her to see that I got engaged in doing things, and I'm waiting to hear her say, well done. But usually I hear, that's not how I would have done it. Come on, man, you know what I'm talking about. You've been there. Thank you. I got one honest brother here. Don't know he'll be, be alive when he gets home, but I got one guy with me. We like recognition. That's why in school, we want our teachers and our students to recognize when we excel in school. We certainly want our bosses and every, our coworkers to recognize when we excel at the job. We want recognition for a job well done. We want promotions. We want raises. We want all the allocates. And the more you raise the bar, the more you're tempted to want people to know that you've raised the bar. And that can filter into the church. I want people to know that I've been working with the children and doing a good job. I want them to acknowledge that, you see. By nature, we crave that recognition to be appreciated, to be acknowledged. And here's the reason why. It's a simple reason. It boosts our ego. We all have that too, by the way. We all have an ego, self-worth, you see. Our self-worth is validated when we get recognition. You know, and even there are times where in our eyes it's increased when we get recognized for doing good things, for the activities that we get engaged in. And so this is, by the way, one of the primary reasons for the explosion 
known as social media. The reason why social media is so powerful, what fuels social media is very simple, recognition. Come on, how many of you know, look at how many people are following me? It makes me feel good. Oh, I got another follower today. I'm up to two. Great. And the more we get, the more our chest pops off, the more good we feel about ourselves. And should I post something that people start to like? And I see, oh, I got another like. Oh, I got another like. And every hour now, I'm checking to see, did I get another like? Did I get another like? Why? Because the more likes I get, the more I'm validated. You see, what we're talking about this morning is the need for recognition is a powerful drug that can wreak havoc in our spiritual journey. This craving that can come upon us because the, the more you taste it, the more you experience it, the more you crave it the more you begin looking for it. And once you do that, it begins to skew the motive of why you serve, you see. Let me give you an example, because this is a real-life example that, once again, as a pastor, I have seen play out over and over and over again. I've seen people quit ministry, I'm not going to serve anymore, Pastor. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not serving in the children. I'm not working with the youth anymore. I'm not working on, on, on the worship team anymore. I quit the worship team. I said, well, why did you quit? Well, because Pastor Jason never says I did everything right. He never acknowledges me in any way, shape, or form. Pastor uh, Evelyn, who's over our children's ministry, she doesn't appreciate all that I do. In fact, she doesn't even acknowledge all that I do. So in the end, you're saying you're serving so that Pastor Evelyn could acknowledge you. We're serving so that Pastor Jason can acknowledge you. That's the motive. We're not serving to serve God and to serve his people. You're serving to massage your ego. See? You see where I'm going with this thing? How many times people get all bent out of shape and not realizing they're bent out of shape because they're not getting the recognition that they feel that they deserve. Now, let me just pause here for a moment and say this. Am I talking we should never thank anybody or show our appreciation to people? No, I'm not saying that at all. Parents, you should thank the people who take care of your children or the people who are engaging with your youth on Thursday nights and Friday nights. We should, on occasion, thank the worship team for helping us to enter into the presence of the Lord. It's right to thank the ushers and the media people, uh, the people who clean the building and the facility and help us with, in all these ways. It's right every once in a while to show our appreciation for that. So we're not talking from that perspective. We're talking about from the perspective of the one who's doing the serving. That we need to guard our heart because we have to make sure that our motives for serving 
are always pure. That I am raising the bar. I'm elevating what I'm going to be doing more and more this year for the Lord and for his people. But I have to make sure that I guard my heart and make sure that my motive is pure. I've got to make sure that I'm serving in secret. And to help us understand that and how to accomplish that in a very practical way, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 17. In Luke chapter 17, I'm going to read beginning verse 7. This is Jesus again speaking to the apostles, his, follow, his followers. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to that servant, when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready, and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what was told of him to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. We are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Now, what was Jesus teaching here? Listen, the first step in serving in secret is this. Maintain a spirit of humility. Maintain a spirit of humility. Now, when I say talk about a, a spirit of humility and what that means, it means this. Never forget that we are unworthy servants that we are simply doing what God has told us to do. And by the way, think about this for a second. The word unworthy that Jesus used there, what it literally means, useless. Jesus said, when you do what I ask you to do, Here's the attitude, the framework you have to have in your heart. You have to keep it dead center in your heart. Always remember, before me, you were a useless servant. And without me, you're still a useless servant. And when you accomplish things that I send you out to do, remember, it was not you doing it, it was me doing it through you. You are and always will be a useless servant. So when I use you, remember, this was something that I accomplished, not you. This is, cuts across the grain of our sinful nature. Is Jesus really putting us down? No, not, not in, this, in the sense that we might think in the natural. What he is simply saying is, Whatever you and I can accomplish for the kingdom of God, we always need to remember we only accomplish it by God's grace and mercy. This is not about us having the talent or the, the natural ability to accomplish something. 
This is not about us doing something in and out in our own strength. This is about us recognizing God is asking me to do something, and I want to. I need to make sure all the time this is God working through me. When God is always at the center, you and I take a back seat behind the cross. Because then when people say, oh, that was a great message, Pastor. Yeah, but it wasn't my message. You see, I'm just an unworthy servant. God told me exactly what to say. It's not like I came up with them. I'm just simply communicating what God told me to say. So, like Jesus said, I only did my job. God said, say this, I said that, therefore, I don't get any credit, I should never get any credit, because all I did was communicate what God told me to say. All I did in playing the keyboard and the songs, Pastor Jason would say, I didn't do all those things, I didn't come up with that, I simply am following what the Spirit of God is telling me to do. I don't get any credit for that. In and of myself, boy, I would never be up here. I would butcher things so badly. I've learned over 30 years of preaching that I'm only now scratching the surface of learning how to do it right. And here's how you do it right. I approach God saying, I don't know what I'm doing. God, I don't have anything to say unless you tell me what to say. This is not, not about, you know, I thank God every single week when I pray, I thank him that he never gave me eloquence so that I would think that I impress people with my vocabulary or the way I phrase things. I thank God I'm not an intelligent man in that I never went to Bible school and, and, and knowing the Greek and the Hebrew and all these things that might trip me up and cause me to think that I came up with this. I thank God that I'm a worthless, useless servant. That the master, in his mercy, said, I'm going to use you today. Here's what I want you to say. Yes, Lord. When I do that, by the grace of God, I can tell you this. There have been a few times where I've gone home, and at nighttime, when I lay my head on my pillow, I hear the whisper, well done. Not because of eloquence, not because I razzle-dazzle, because there were days that I heard that when I thought I was a total failure. But you see, God helped me to understand early on, when you think you're a total failure, it's because your motive wasn't pure. You wanted people to praise you. And because nobody came up to praise you, you thought you failed. You thought the message was terrible. But my word never returns back void. It always accomplishes what I set it out to do. So when you feel bad about what you said, if you said what I told you to say, you can never be a failure. Oh, but you can be a failure in your own eyes if you don't receive the allocates. And so I learned better to stay in that position and tell people, no, I'm a useless servant. I'm simply doing what God told me to do. No more and no less. Amen? Amen.
So that's that first step of serving in secret. Maintain a spirit of humility. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, the Bible says, so what, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all for the glory of God. The word, the phrase glory of God means do it all so that God is honored and praised, not you. Whatever you do, however you're serving, if you're serving the needy, if you're coming on a, once a Saturday when we prepare boxes to, 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 to give to people food boxes to help struggling families, when we're here uh, and using this facility through the government and, and uh, the, the medical programs to uh, distribute the vaccine and we need volunteers, if you are serving in whatever capacity it is, make sure that you recognize everything I say, everything I do, the framework of my heart must be, this is not for me, this is for God. I want God to be praised. I want God to be honored. I don't want to receive any recognition. I want it all to go to God. I always tell people from our church, don't ever lift up your church. Don't ever talk about Belmont as if it's some incredible place that people have to come to. And please don't ever lift me up. The only person we ever want you to talk about is Jesus. If you want to say, hey, you want to come to my church, the presence of God is there. Jesus is there with us. You have my permission. That you can do. That gives God all the glory. We don't want anybody coming in looking for a, a, a people, looking for a man, looking for, oh, you got to hear the worship team. Listen, Pastor Jason, we need to keep him on down low. You understand what I'm saying? I'm constantly working on keeping that boy humble. I'm teasing, of course. Because, see, the people on the platform get too much recognition. People start to think that they've arrived at some spiritual stature when we're just useless servants simply doing what God's called us to do. Amen. So in step two in serving in secret is to glorify God's name, not our own. Pastor Jason, if you would come, please. Worship team. We're talking about serving in secret this morning and how... We want to be raising the bar. We want the Spirit of the Lord to set new goals for our spiritual goals to achieve. We want God to use us in ways that we've never been used before, even though it may, it's going to make us uncomfortable. We don't want to shy away from that and stay complacent. But as we journey into these new areas, as we begin these new ventures, if you will, we want to make sure that we guard our hearts that we don't fall into this trap, that we start doing it for the wrong reasons. We want to keep our motive pure. We want to make sure that we maintain a spirit of humility and that we glorify God's name, not our own. Then the Father who sees what is done in secret will 
reward you and reward us. And so let me close as we all stand with this principle that you see coming on in the scheme. Remember, I want to give you a kingdom principle. What governs the kingdom of God and what governs us, what we should be structuring our life around. And that is simply serving in secret ensures reward from God. When we serve so that God gets all the glory, so that no one is recognizing us, but they're recognizing Jesus, then we get lined up to receive the reward from God. We have to always recognize you can't get the praise of man and the reward from God. You can only get one or the other. I would rather no one ever praises me or acknowledge me and receive my reward from my Heavenly Father. And I know you would too. So as we get ready to close, Pastor Jason's going to lead us in a word of prayer. And then we're going to pray that God, by His grace, will help us to serve in secret.